All right, y'all, it feels like forever. <laughs> it really feels like forever since I have uh, recorded anything. Uh, I normally record podcasts kind of intermittently. I used to do five to ten in a week out in L.A. or New York or the Bay Area where I could grab a bunch of people and then just seed those out. Um, slow drip over time, and I would always do the ads, you know, as they were coming up so I could keep at least something current, you know, at least in the intro to the podcast, I can have some current events talk and then dive into this, uh, dive into the ads that were uh, pertinent for it. It's been a few weeks. So I had a trip to California with my wife. It was the first time we went to California since 2019 uh, together as a family. I'd been out there, of course, to see uh, Paul Check for his 60th birthday. We dropped that podcast uh, maybe a month ago. <clears throat> That was in August. I'd been out to do a mandala painting workshop at Paul's in February or March earlier that year and um, was hanging at uh, my brother, Shervine, who's been on the podcast twice, was hanging at his spot with Jamie and, and uh, him. And we we dropped another great podcast from that trip. So just a little bit here and there. And, you know, in pockets, that's where I'm from. In pockets, no big deal. I go in and out by myself. Don't have to worry about my kids getting shunned from businesses and things like that because we're not wearing masks. It's a hard thing to go from, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I've been reluctant to go back knowing that LA and San Francisco are starting the Vax Pass. Um, and even though I'm not from LA or San Francisco, I'm from the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, and seeing these first entry points um, to me, is writing on the wall of what potentially will happen in states that are a bit more blue than red, and uh, potentially here even in Austin, which is a completely blue state. And again, I've I've been. It's fun, for people first times listening. You know, there there are quite a bit of tales I could let you know that would point more to the progressive side uh, than to the conservative side, as far as who I am as a person. Um, but how this has shaked out over the last year and three quarters um, has been pretty remarkably one-sided, you know, in terms of who wants to control and who wants to be free. And it's an easy way to divide and conquer. Uh, one of the old, oldest tricks in the playbook. So um, where I fall politically, you know, that could be a podcast of its own. Uh, I did vote for Bernie Sanders in the 2016 primary. In 2020, I voted for Trump. That's going to piss just about everyone off. <laughs> Why would I fucking jump from hardcore progressive to the other band camp? Why would, why would, and, and look, honestly, right now, like there was a great video by um, Dr. Sayer G who, who asked, was Trump a part of the swamp? You know, he claimed to do all these things, going to put Hillary in jail, is going to expose the deep state. Never really did that. Um, and then of course there's three hour documentaries like, um, fall of the cabal where he's basically touted as the second coming of Christ and the only real president we've had since JFK Jr. or JFK rather. And that JFK Jr. is actually still alive. And he's been the guy who's been helping him all along. And there's just fantastic fucking shit out there right now. Um, and I mean, fantastic, like fanatical. I mean, there, there, there are things that stretch one's imagination where I'm like, meh, Maybe, and then there's also ones like that where I'm like, I don't know, man. I really don't know about that. Um, from a character standpoint, that I think Trump was a great guy. No, it's pretty easy to see. He's not a nice 
kind person. You know, that he's not, he's not in the same, he didn't mean, mean he was a bad president, but he's not a guy you put up there with Gandhi or Martin Luther King Jr. or any of the people who, the lived, the lived saints that we've bared witness to in recent history, uh, let alone, you know, the ones that we've heard of throughout history, like Jesus or Lao Tzu or, um, you know, any great spiritual master. That's not him. So no, didn't think that was the case. Um, this is unfolded rather, rather comically to me because um, different people get switched on to the truth for various reasons. Now I've, I've tiptoed around this with certain guests and with other guests, I've, you know, like Paul Check, who knows exactly what fucking time it is. And I know he knows what time it is. And I know he's well aware of everything happening behind the scenes. We dive right in. I don't beat around the bush with Paul. Paul doesn't beat around the bush with me. And we give that to the listener. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of bounce all around here. I have some notes on what I want to do. I've basically been waiting all year to drop a solo cast on my two cents on what's happening in the world. I've trickled that in with different guests where I felt appropriate uh, with other guests who I knew really weren't awake to what's happening. There was no need to. It wasn't about, uh, well, I'm going to cue this guy in and get him on our team. Like, no. The key to anything in life, anything you want to learn, there must be a willingness to learn, right? Dr. Thomas Cowan, who has been outspoken about the jab or vaccines as we used to call them before it started being policed. And uh, no, this ain't going on YouTube, so I'm not worried about it getting taken down. That said, um, my friend recently had his podcast pulled from iTunes, the number one place for podcasts, the first place for podcasting. He had it pulled down because he's had so many doctors, medical doctors from the Dirty Dozen. Dr. Joseph Mercola, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Dr. Rashid Buttar, uh, people I've been following long before any of the, the shit hit the fan, you know, long before quarantine, long before the full court press um, into tyranny, which is just a, a plain and simply what's happening right now. Um, I'm going to back up a lot of what I'm saying right now, and I'm going to give you plenty of references to dig through. So don't worry about that. As always, don't take my word for any of this. If you're willing, back to Thomas Cowan, if you're willing to learn, you can see the truth for yourself. Most people have their head in the sand. I've used this analogy a lot. There's a lot of ostriches right now who are sticking their head in the sand. Hear no evil, see no evil. Um, if I just wear this mask and stay six feet away from you, everything will go back to normal. If I just take this shot, everything will go back to normal. If I just get this Vax Pass card, then everything will go back to normal. Oh, guess what? They're, they're forging those. Okay, well, let's do it digitally. All right, I'll get it on my phone. Oh, you know what? They're forging those. Looks like they got to insert a chip into my body. Oh, but no worries. It, it's only going to be a chip that shows my medical history. Oh, it's only going to be a, sh a chip that has my banking information. And it's only going to be a cryptocurrency that's run by the government that controls everything that I'm able to do. It's only going to be this. It's only going to be that. It's only going to be that. Tiptoe, 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 head in the sand. Nothing's wrong. Boom. We're in a world, we're in an international communist state run by a one world government. All roads lead to this. Now, I've seen that, like I said, I've seen many documentaries and not just documentaries. I've read books that thoroughly outline this. And it's not just David Icke. I mean, I've, I've been saying this and it's, it's funny because 
I, I, I there's been many things that I used to watch of his before, and I was like, this guy's too negative. I can't, I can't, I can't get along with it. He's too negative. It's too grim. That's not the world that I live in. People are good. And um, you know, when David Icke first went on, first came back on London Real early on, he said a number of things about smart grid cities. He said a number of things about tracking the surveillance state. He said another number of, one of his quotes, if you want to know the future of the West, look to the East. And he talked about what's going on in China with social credit scores. Guess what? Unfortunately, he has been right about damn near everything. When I say damn near everything, that's because the stuff that he, that I can't say he's right about everything with are, are do aliens take over uh, Bill Gates and, and use him like a sock puppet. I don't fucking know that. I can't prove that. But the things that I have seen are provable. MasterCard is developing something right now that will basically be uh, tied to social credit. They're developing it right now. To be used in the United States and in the free world, not just in China. Um, there are a lot of things that are transpiring that lead to that. When my uh, we bought a home two years ago. Many of you heard me talk about this on the podcast. On every street light, there's a camera. Every single one. I can't walk 100 yards without a camera. That's pretty Orwellian, if you ask me. When I first moved there, I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I'm out of town three times a year. Uh, it's nice that my, I'll know my family's protected. That'll deter crime. And um, no, man, who does that go to? Who does that video footage go to? It's likely stored by Amazon or Google, and it is used for a police state. Plain and simple. And if you don't believe me, wait six months. Wait a year. On a long enough timeline, all of this shit pans out. Now, is this going to be a 100% dark podcast where I just lay out a, a grim future and we're all screwed? Hell no. I'm not laying down for anybody, and you're not going to either. If you've been listening this long, you are likely either a still sleeping lion or you've started to wake up, but you're no sheep. And it's funny because that, that word gets tossed around on both sides. And one of the things that I want to break down here um, really has to do with finger pointing and name calling and dividing ourselves further. My brother, Aubrey Marcus, uh, started a movement called United Polarity. And, um, you know, alongside Eric Godsey, who's one of the other coaches in Fit for Service, one of the things that they're trying to accomplish, that we're trying to accomplish with that, is to, at bare minimum, learn the conversational skills necessary to understand where the other person's coming from and say, wow, okay, I get it. You didn't change my mind, but I understand you better, and I don't judge you for it. I'm not upset with you for your beliefs, right? Now, anybody could say... Um, you know, these arguments get used on both sides. Uh, my brother, Mickey Willis, is going to come back on. By the way, Plandemic, uh, most of you saw the first one. One billion people watched the first Plandemic. And of course, that was debunked, right? Right? Wrong. That wasn't debunked. That was a teaser trailer for the main documentary, Plandemic Indoctrination, which is 90 minutes long. It's the second film. It's available on plandemicseries.com. If you haven't seen it, seen it, watch it. Watch it. It's all there. I mean, it's all there. And, and, and what's coming from Mickey will further expose what's going on. But, but that's just one source. So Mickey told me, he said, you know, how can we judge another? When you look, would you, would you make fun of somebody? If you're at a, if you're at a um, say you're in Vegas and you go to one of those hypnosis shows and the guy's a great, um, he's great at hypnosis. You know, and he brings, he brings your buddy on stage. 
and your buddy uh, gets hypnotized and he acts like a chicken for 30 minutes or he can't see his daughter right in front of his face because he's told that it's a computer screen. Whatever the case is, this has been done many, many times. Would you make fun of that friend for acting like a chicken? Like, oh man, you idiot, you were a chicken for 30 minutes. I can't believe it. No, you might laugh while he was up there, but you don't think less of that person. You're not like... Man, Greg is a fucking moron for being a chicken up there. I can't believe he let himself get hypnotized and acted like that. What an asshole. No, you would never say that. You certainly wouldn't say that two years later. You wouldn't say two years later, Greg, remember that time when you were a total jackass on stage in front of 3,000 people and at, uh, at the win in Vegas? No, you wouldn't do that. You'd be like, damn, hypnosis works. And it was awesome. I had a great time. It was super funny. And, and, and if you bring it up, it's not to poke fun or maybe, maybe it's to poke fun. Um, but you don't think less of them for that, right? Mickey had a brilliant point with that. And he was speaking largely to who still subscribes to mainstream media. There is a cultural narrative that's been pushed for decades, if not centuries, Social engineering is a real thing, but, but my point is, uh, and you've seen this now, maybe not, maybe it's not in your feed, but many people have seen, and it's in pandemic indoctrination, it's in a lot of other documentaries that have been taken down, a word-for-word script being said across many different news stations, from CBS to ABC to Fox, all the same. You're like, wait a minute, Fox is right-wing, and... Uh, CBS is down the middle, slightly left, and CNN was down the middle, and now they're super left, and MSNBC is even more left. But they're all saying the same thing, word for word. How's that possible? They show you a hundred screens next to each other, and every ass clown on the TV is saying the exact same thing about Amazon. Amazon's doing their best. Uh, they're making sure that everyone is safe in the factories, so that way you can get all of your food and produce and everything else you need delivered straight to your door. This. This whole thing is going to be exposed. But if you've been somebody who still buys that, like, man, everyone's wrong, but Tucker Carlson's got it right. Does he? Does he? He's on Fox. And last I checked, they're all saying the same shit. So um, be careful with who you trust, right? And investigate further. Do your own research. Like, it's, <laughs> But don't judge the people for what they're believing. Now, he, his point, Mickey's point was on people that still believe the mainstream media, people that still buy into the mainstream narrative, people who still think they're going to go back to some kind of new normal, we're going to build back better, the Great Reset's going to happen, it's going to be awesome, uh, we're going to save the planet by not going anywhere and living in a virtual world, whatever the fuck they're selling. And I'll dive into that in the future here in, on this podcast with the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. If you buy into that, in order to heal the way we communicate with one another, we cannot keep judging one another. Doesn't mean I don't have hard nose. I got a hard nose. Somebody shows up at my house with a jab, I got hot lead waiting for him. I'm not overstating that. And there are millions of people like me in this country the United States of America will not turn into Australia. It will not turn into Canada. I fucking guarantee it. The flag that says, come and take it. I saw a t-shirt, come and take it with Joe Biden's face on it. I mean, this is, these are the people that I live around. This is the state of Texas. 
And it may come down to a few key states that hold this shit together. But the reason I bring all this up is the same thing that Mickey said of those who were brainwashed, quote unquote, by the mainstream narrative. If you're still a part of the mainstream narrative, have the same outlook on every conspiracy theorist. You can switch that over and you can say, man, Kyle Kingsbury (laughs) got hornswoggled from all these deep state videos and David Icke and Alex Jones and all these guys finally got to him. He did one too many psychedelic journeys and cracked himself open and then he was receptive to a lie. And you could still have compassion for my viewpoints. You could still say, hmm, I don't agree with it, but you know what? I see why he thinks that way and I'm not gonna judge him for it, okay? Now, that's the base level we gotta get to. We got to get to a point where we can at least hear each other again and not need to change each other's minds. If we can get there, we can do a lot because we can remain united, hence united polarity. From that position, we the people are more powerful than any government, period. Every dictatorship has failed in the past for a reason. The people are the masses, and when the masses rise in unison, nothing can hold them down. Plain and simple. All right. That was a bit heavy. Uh, Like I said, I will be diving in deeper here. I've got a a, a sheet of notes but um, and a sheet of recommendations, really, because this isn't about me outlaying. Like, I thought about this. I could really get in here into the weeds. I could do a three-part or one six-hour episode and really lay down um, piece by piece what has transpired. And, um, you know, that's pointless. Uh, you can bring, what is that? Bring a horse to water, but you can't get it to drink. Um, the goal of this podcast, not just this one in particular, but my podcast in general is to create, is to do what it did for me, right? Like podcasting for me created a thirst for more knowledge and not just for knowledge, but for wisdom, the embodiment of that knowledge. And how do I embody knowledge? Well, I got to practice what I'm learning. So And I need to dig deeper. That means if I hear, you know, Dr. Thomas Cowan recommend the book, uh, The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur, excuse me, Arthur Furstenberg, I'm gonna actually take the time and read that. And I'm happy I did. It's phenomenal. Again, recommend that. Any book I talk about here will be in the show notes. Any documentary I talk about will be in the show notes. So don't worry about writing it down. You can one click it later. Um, All right. So we're going to get organized here in a second. I do want to get to my, uh, my ads as I always start the podcast. Looks like we're 20 minutes into my rambles. Uh, and uh, We'll see how long this goes, but I want to drop as much knowledge as I can. I've been waiting for this one. And the truth is, you know, I've had so many, so many of these links that I wanted to link to are taken down. Everything on YouTube is being censored right now. Oddly enough, my dude JP Sears, the more he sticks to the political humor, the less he's censored. These videos are still being seen by hundreds of thousands of people, uh, maybe even millions, you know? So it's like, great. It's like, all right, they found, (laughs) for whatever reason, they're leaving JP up. Highly recommend. I will recommend some JP videos. All right. But uh, first, the order of business. This is is super dope. One of my favorite companies, Bioptimizers, um, is running a huge deal. Do you like free stuff? Well, you're in luck because Bioptimizers Black Friday deal starts now. And not only are they going to give you a huge discount on all month long, they're also giving away over $200 worth of free gifts. That's right, an exclusive advance invite into Bioptimizers Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals for the entire month of November. 
if you're feeling stressed out, maybe from this podcast content, <laughs> maybe because some part of you believes that the world is awry, um, you haven't been sleeping well lately, you're not alone. You might not be able to change all the chaos out there, but you can start supplementing with one key nutrient to help improve your sleep quality, as well as over 600 other biochemical reactions in your body. Magnesium Breakthrough is one of the only products I've found that has all the magnesiums that I'd want in one convenient bottle. You open less bottles, spend less money, and still get the top seven forms of magnesium for stress and better sleep all in one bottle. Most magnesium supplements fail because they are synthetic and not full spectrum. When you get all seven critical forms of magnesium, pretty much every function in your body gets upgraded from your brain to your sleep, pain, inflammation, and less stress. Less stress. I'm telling you guys. Less stress. And right now for the entire month of November, the makers of Magnesium Breakthrough Bioptimizers are having a Black Friday Cyber Monday blowout sale on their best-selling magnesium. All month long, you'll get 10% off with my unique code plus access to over $200 in free gifts, including books and more of their best-in-class products to sample. And these guys know their shit. I had Wade Lightheart on uh, the podcast, the CEO of Bioptimizers, and we actually spent probably 20 minutes diving into everything that magnesium does. It is a critical nutrient. It is has been decimated by monocrop agriculture over the last 80 years, and it's you're not going to get it in food. Sorry, you would have 100 years ago, but we're not getting enough from our food supply right now. It's one of the most important things you can supplement with. Highly recommend it. And this is my favorite magnesium on the planet. Go to www.magbreakthrough.com slash kingsboo and use code kingsboo10 to get your discount and free gifts today. And... Um, you know, you should all know, Bioptimizer supplements are the best in class. If for some reason you feel differently, you can get a full refund for up to one year after your purchase, no questions asked. That's a phenomenal deal. Get it now while supplies last, and don't miss the November 30th deadline, magbreakthrough.com slash kingsboo, kingsboo10 at checkout. And, of course, all this is in the show notes as well. All right, next one, eatenhemp.com, seeds versus heart. Think of white rice versus brown rice. Super seeds are hemp hearts before they have the shell removed. The super seeds simply keep the outer shell on the seed, which adds to the crunch fiber and loads of micronutrients such as zinc and iron. Zinc's an important one. We're going to dive into health here. <laughs> I promise you, this episode will dive into health. Eaton Hemp is a farmer-owned hemp portfolio company out of upstate New York, focusing on using all the powerful benefits of hemp to create superfood products. They offer delicious and nutritious farm-to-table certified USDA organic hemp food products, including toasted hemp seeds and hemp hearts. These guys also have really amazing snacks uh, that includes their, their organic, they're all organic, um, just fantastic stuff. These add protein and fiber, omega-3, and are loaded with micronutrients such as magnesium, zinc, and iron, as mentioned before. Eaton hemp stems from the first farmed license to grow hemp in New York State in over 80 years. That's a big deal. As a brand, they focus on using every part of the hemp plant. Their goal is that nothing goes to waste. Sounds like nose-to-tail eating with my boy, um, Dr. Dr. Paul Celadino, the carnivore doc, even though, of course, he's uh, not down to eat the plants, uh, I certainly am. I do better with fiber and uh, from my plants. I, you know, I absolutely love this stuff. So this is a super healthy snack. If you have kids, it's a great snack to have as well. And um, look, this USDA certified organic is super important, especially when it comes to hemp. Hemp is a fight phytoremediation plant, so it sucks up whatever is in the soil it is grown in. This includes the good and the bad. Eaton Hemp is proudly USDA certified organic and third-party lab tested, so you can rest assured it is grown in the finest soil, free of toxins, pesticides, and heavy metals. Hemp absorbs about 10 tons of carbon per acre in just one season. It's a good one. 
It's a really good one for the planet. Farmer-owned, USA-grown, farm-to-table, USDA-certified organic, vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO, keto-approved, all the goodies, contains 20 amino acids and rich in all nine essential amino acids. And uh, it has the same omega-3 to omega-6 ratio as fish oil. 10 grams of prebiotic fiber to support your healthy gut. We've had many gut docs and specialists on this show to talk about that. So, again... These guys are the best. Check it out. You can get a nice, nice 20% discount. Go to eatonhemp.com. That's E-A-T-O-N-H-E-M-P.com. Discount code is Kingsboo for 20% off everything in the store. We're also brought to you by Blue Blocks. Blue Blocks is my favorite blue blocking glass company. They make, they make sunglasses that aren't sunglasses. They are simply blocking out blue light. Blue light is a big deal. Um, again, when we're talking natural setting versus unnatural setting, there are certain types of light that emit a full spectrum and it's not going to be that bad during the daytime, but at nighttime, you don't want the blue light. Then there's also fluorescent light and other shit. That, that, that's, that's an entire podcast episode to get into. You don't want to have to deal with that. It's an onslaught that can actually cause migraines and a whole host of other issues. But when you wear blue blocks, you mitigate the blue light and you do so. What that does is it helps your circadian rhythm stay intact. So the sun goes down. We have, we have a lot of their red bulbs. They sell all sorts of cool stuff at blueblocks.com, but you can put in red bulbs in for your reading light at night, and then there's absolutely no blue light being admitted, and I don't have to wear my glasses. But if we're watching a movie and the sun's going down or I'm reading something on my iPad, like Paul Check's newest book that isn't out yet that I can't talk about, that's fucking amazing, um, and just in time to help the world understand God differently, um, anywho, that's a, that's a, that's a side tangent. Uh, I always have my blue blocks on. And when I do this, this allows me to fall asleep like I normally would without having, um, interacted with electronics. Electronics mess up your sleep, plain and simple. And if you really want to know about electronics, read The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. Once again, linked in the show notes. Uh, but you can mitigate all this stuff with blue blocks. Blue blocks has some of the most stylish and best blue light glasses on the planet. Check it out at blublox.com and use code KKP for 15% off. And like I said, dude, check out everything they have. They have really phenomenal products. The red lights are super easy. I throw, throw the bulb in one of my night reading lamps and it's just awesome. Plus, you know, Bear loves it. He's like, oh, I want to go to the red room. And I'm like, all right, you're going to sleep with me tonight. Uh, but it's just awesome. Blueblocks.com, KKP at checkout for 15% off. Last but not least, uh, we got Organifi. I love these dudes. I love Drew Canoli. Uh, actually, I was at the painting workshop with a lot of their employees. They are close with Paul Check, And um, these guys are just phenomenal. This has become a supplement that I use absolutely every day. And there's, there's multiple. You know, the, the, the greens is, is probably my highest go-to. I use it every single day, no matter what. And the gold is uh, kind of my special treat. If I've eaten late and I'm a bit full, I won't have it. But if I eat early around 5 p.m., um, this is my favorite nightcap on the planet is to have the Organifi Gold. It has lemon balm extract. It's got a high dose of turmeric. It's anti-inflammatory and it helps me relax. It's like a, a wonderful nightcap. I mix pure canned coconut cream in it with one of those little whiskers. Zzz, a little hand job whiskers. Um, and it's cool. There's no cleanup, you know, with the hand whisker. Highly, the, that's another one. They don't sell them, but those are, that's a great fucking products when you're thinking of Black Friday and all this stuff coming up. These guys are dope. Um, they're having uh, Black Friday through Cyber Monday deals from November 26th to the 29th and extended through the 30th. Um, you got to add the code here, right? So 
It's gonna be 25% off everything, plus free shipping on orders over 100 bucks. And you're gonna spend, you're gonna want to spend more than 100 bucks when you load up on Organifi. Sometimes I'll buy six gold at a time just for the discount and for the fact that I know I'm going to use it. Plain and simple, you will use this. This is, they have never done this before. It is the biggest savings of all time. So if you're a fan of Organifi like I am, if you're a fan of supplementing with 100% organic and delicious nutrient-dense superfoods, this is the way. I did juicing for a long time. I can't stand the cleanup. I can't stand the time it takes. I really stopped juicing when we had kids. It's like, no, this is a total pain in the ass. Occasionally, we'll do celery juice uh, for mom and Bear likes to help with that, but... Either way, that's just celery. There's nothing great in there, right? There's no ashwagandha. There's no, there's no uh, lemon balm. There's no all the other amazing superfoods that you're going to find. There's no moringa in just celery juice. And it's a hassle. This is hassle-free. I take it with me everywhere I go on the road. They have single packs now, which are phenomenal. So you can just rip one open, toss it in a shaker, and go. Um, I absolutely love this stuff. And there's really nothing that they make that isn't absolutely phenomenal. And uh, as I mentioned, I think the last time I did a read for them, they have a new product called Harmony, which is like a, a light cacao drink and it's phenomenal. My wife loves it and it's meant to balance women's hormones, specifically around uh, the menstrual cycle. It's just phenomenal stuff. These guys are always thinking forward. Their Greens has 11 superfoods for resetting the body and feeling amazing. It takes just 30 seconds. Like I said, no chopping, shopping, juicing, or blending. And it has 600 milligrams of clinically proven ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen that aids with stress and cortisol response. So much of what I'm talking about here on this podcast is, has to do with that. It has to do with how do we manage stress? I'm not just going to stress you out with all of my opinions here and then leave you up shit creek without a paddle. These supplements matter. Magnesium matters. How I sleep at night matters. All of these things matter. What food I put into my body, is it organic or does it contain genetically modified organisms? Which is basically stating, is it loaded with glyphosate, a known carcinogen or not? That's what you're boiling that down to. You know, Rob Wolf said it best. He said, we just don't know what GMOs do. They might be good. They might be the death of us. We don't know. What we do know is that genetically modified food contains higher levels of glyphosate. That's why the, the, the chemical companies who created glyphosate are the same chemical companies, formerly known as Monsanto, that are bringing you the genetically modified organisms. And they're changing them genetically to be able to handle more pesticide. Do you understand that? That goes into the fiber of the plant. That goes into the fat of the plant. And that is what you're eating. It will affect you. And moms, if you're eating that, that will go through your milk to your child. This has been proven. It is known, as they say on uh, Game of Thrones. It is known. So, again, back to stress. Am I putting the best things in my body or am I not? What are the supplements that I take? Do they help manage stress? This is a big one because these are stressful times whether you agree with me or not. Even if you uh, think that everything, uh, you, you pray, everything just goes back to normal and that, um, you know, brings you solace to see, you know, the... <laughs> Uh, everything going on in the news. I don't know anybody who, who finds peace in anything going on in the news, but if that was you, um, you don't exist. But if you're, if you're still watching the news, you're still loaded up with stress, period. That's the nature of the news. You're still loaded with stress. So how we manage that becomes incredibly important because uh, as Mickey points out in his documentaries and on plandemicseries.com, when we're in a state of fear, the amygdala takes over and we look towards someone to be the savior. We look towards an authority figure 
an authoritarian to tell us what to do when, how, you know, jump how high, right? That's what we're looking for when we're in a state of fear. I've fought professionally for eight years. Six of the last of them were in the UFC. Not every fight that I fight perfectly. Not every fight that I fight with confidence. Sometimes I fought with fear and I had fucking tunnel vision. Well, this happens to a lesser degree in everyday life. If I'm walking around afraid, I'm not, my purview is limited. My awareness is limited. And I'm constantly looking for the thing that's scaring me and I'm not able to think clearly. This is well-documented scientifically. Um, so you can help with that. You can help it with Organifi Greens. You can help it with going to bed on time. You can help it with a little magnesium breakthrough at night and some of the Organifi Gold, which is just, just phenomenal stuff. It tastes phenomenal. You absolutely love it, and you can take it on the go anywhere. Check it out, Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash KKP, and use the code KKP for 20% off. And remember, if you get in these Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals, just wait for it. November 26th to the 29th and extended through the 30th. So November 26th through November 30th, you're going to get 25% off everything and free shipping on orders over a hundred bucks. All right, let's just keep rolling right in here. Um, if you fast forward the ads, uh, Lo Ciento, I know that, 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 that we had to wait for a minute there to get to the ads. Uh, hopefully you listened to the first, however long that went, 10, 15 minutes before I started doing them. But um here we are. So again, most of you, most of the people I've talked to, um, and I try, I try my best to stay out in the open with, in communication with people who disagree with me. And there's two reasons for that. Number one, um, it's very easy. This goes for all sides of the equation. It's very easy to get around a group of friends who all have similar interests and similar belief systems. When you do that, you're in a bubble. You effectively don't know how other people are viewing the world. And that doesn't mean this, you shouldn't do this. I certainly want to be around like-minded individuals. I love hanging with Aubrey and Godzi and, and spitballing ideas and talking about psychology and sharing documentaries and getting in all this. I, uh, when I went out for Paul Chuck's 60th birthday, every person he had at his birthday party was somebody I wanted to know. And a lot of them had been on both of our podcasts. So I was a kid in a candy store chatting with all these people. I had a, a fucking phenomenal conversation with Wade Lightheart about Commonwealth law. Um, uh, and, and of course, he's the CEO of Bioptimizers. He's been on this podcast as well. You know, great, great conversations all around. But I still need to know, if I really want to know what the world is like, I need to know other people. And so one of the reasons I keep those communication lines open with other people is, is A, they're my friends first and foremost, and I'd be doing that anyways. But B, I want to know what they're thinking. I want to know why they've gotten to the way that they're thinking. And anytime I bring up pandemic, this is a kind of a great, this is a really great, um, uh, how would I, how would I phrase this? Uh, like a barrier to entry for conversation. There we go. I'll use that. Um, Foster Gamble is Kyle Tierman's stepdad. He and his wife did the documentary Thrive. We'll link to that in the show notes. It is phenomenal. I like the second one. It focuses mostly on free energy and less on kind of the dark stuff. I think it's a beautiful documentary. It's a little uh, hocus pocus with the CGI they use. You can tell they didn't have a ton of money for it, but it's a beautiful documentary that outlines what the one world government looks like, perhaps better than anything I've ever uh, seen. You know, visually, like I said, poor 
Uh, it's not poor production quality. It's just it's cheap production quality. They didn't invest, these guys put up their own money to make this documentary, and they did it years ago. It's absolutely phenomenal. David Icke's featured in it. There is nothing within that that is not well detailed in some of the books I'm about to give to you and or right now in the current world affairs. Plain and simple. Like it, it has panned out is what I'm getting to. But one of the things that Foster Gamble says is he has a friend who uses the gauge of conversation. The first thing he asks somebody when he meets somebody and they're at a party is, hey, what do you think of 9-11? And I love this. So, so that... The reason he proposes that question is because if somebody's like, oh, yeah, it was a tragedy, you know, or, or oh, yeah, you know, it's a good thing we got bin Laden, you know, what their take on that situation, what their take on that historical event is, determines what that guy's willing to talk about with them, right? Because he's not trying to convince anybody of anything. But if you still think 9-11 was just a few dudes from Saudi Arabia, you don't, you're, <laughs> you haven't been paying attention very well. Um, and there's a whole host of documentaries, but if you want to dive in deeper to that, thriveon.com, they did a 20-year anniversary, which was this year, uh, September 11th, with David Icke and Foster Gamble, and that's a deep dive where they give way more resources than I can right now. There's links to books, documentaries, um, they have video footage, and they really break that down very clearly. So the, the problem is most, let me get back to this pandemic piece here. Again, like I said, I'm going to be jumping all around here. I have notes, but it's, it's um, things will jump around, but piece back together. That's the 9-11 piece, and we'll dive into that further in a second. But Mickey, I use the same thing with Mickey in Plandemic, uh, how I judge conversations around what's happening in the world right now. 9-11, it, it's resonant. It certainly knows, like, do you understand the conspiracy's real? Or do you think it's a theory and that that was just, you know, a terrorist attack? That, that's, that's why he, he frames that question. So when I ask if somebody's seen Plandemic and they say, yeah, you know, but blah, blah, blah. It's like, ah, okay. You watched the first Plandemic and I'll even, I'll even dive further. I'll say, oh, so you saw the first one with, um, uh, man, Judy Mikovits. They'll say, yeah, you know, and then of course, you know, I have medical doctor friends or, you know, whoever debunked it for them, they'll, they'll list the person who debunked it. And they'll say, oh, they stretched the truth on that. And Anthony Fauci's a good guy. Um, you know, he, he, the AIDS, the AIDS, you know, thing was, was, um, wasn't as bad as they made it out to be or whatever the case is, right? They'll, they'll try to, they'll try to say why they disagree. And I'll say, oh, okay, cool. Have you seen the second one? Have you seen Plandemic Indoctrination? Because this really does boil down to, have you watched this documentary? Once you've seen it, you cannot unsee it. And there's a reason why every news station set out to debunk it. It has been 100% censored and 0% debunked. There is nothing in the second film that is up for debate. All of it pans out. And I've had Dr. David E. Martin on this podcast twice we really loosely covered that. We really didn't dive into everything he brings to the documentary because it's there in the documentary. If you want to see it, if there's a willingness to learn, you'll learn it. This is what Thomas Cowan was pointing out. Thomas Cowan said, if you brought a bunch of kids, if, if Steph Curry uh, tweeted out, he told this on this podcast, if you've heard it, bear with me while I tell the story again. But he said, if, Tef, if Steph Curry said he was going to do a shooting seminar for free um, at Oracle Arena, how many people do you think would show up? Everyone and their mom. That's what I said, right? He goes, do you think any of the kids would have disciplinary issues? And I said, fuck no. There'd be total buy-in, right? And he said, and if there was somebody 
who was dicking around and taking away from the instruction, what do you think would happen with the rest of those kids? Well, everyone else would police that kid. They'd say, listen, I'm here to learn. If you don't want to learn, get the fuck out of the gym. That's how it would work when you have total buy-in, right? You have to come to a place of total well, a willingness to learn, a want to be there for there to not be disciplinary issues or the um, rational mind trying to disprove it. I've showed a lot of videos to my close friends and I'm not gonna name them. I'm not trying to bust balls, but a lot of them are looking to disprove it. They're like, well, you know, this guy has an arrogant tone or this guy who's stating things clearly doesn't like NASA or he clearly doesn't like whatever I'm showing. And it's like, hey, that's the case. That that should not, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because you don't like this guy's tone, do you? If there's a willingness to know, you will see it. Seek and you shall find applies to this shit just as much as it does to the Bible and God. So my first offering, pandemic indoctrination. If you have seen it before and you think something's off about it, watch it again. Nothing has been disproved. I can, I can promise you that. The next documentary, The Creepy Line, it's on Amazon Prime. It is 100% about Google. The crimes they've committed already and been proven um, the power they have is really unfathomable. It is the power to control elections. And I'm not talking about um, voter fraud. I'm talking about steering an election. That was well known. We did, you know, the left was pointing this out about Trump with Facebook and Google when he got in. So both sides have pointed this out. It's not a left or a right thing. It just is. The creepy line takes you much deeper into the potential of them, and I would highly encourage everyone on the planet to not use Google or Google products again, period. And I know that's hard because we are interwoven. Oh, but my Gmail account. Oh, well, work uses it. Oh, well, uh, uh, my phone is a, is a, it's an Android. Isn't that Google? Well, I like Waze. Google owns them. Look, I'm not saying it's easy to just yank yourself out, but start to look for different ways to use things. Your search engine, first and foremost, it can't be Google any longer. And you might say to yourself, well, other search engines suck or they're not going to be as accurate. There is no accuracy with Google anymore. It's inaccurate. It is highly curated. And if you watch this documentary, you will understand how curated it is. There are two that I'll give you right now. SwissCows.net pretty good search engine. And of course, many of you have heard of DuckDuckGo. Now, DuckDuckGo may or may not turn out to pull the same shit, the same antics that Google has. I don't know. Only time will tell. As of right now, from the people I talk to, it is a good search engine. SwissCows.net is a good search engine. It doesn't mean you're only going to, you know, you punch in what I'm talking about and then all the conspiracies come up and that's all they're going to give you. No. You will still see fake news from the fucking media narrative. You will still see all that, but it's not all you're going to see. And that's the point. You get variety. You get it from both sides. You get every outlook on it. And you can find the things that are pretty much unsearchable now on Google. So important. Uh, and you won't get flagged, right? Like, I'm going to get flagged for this. Who knows if my podcast gets taken down? Um, I've have, uh, had Justin Rosvani on the podcast who created a company called Zion, which is the first cryptocurrency-based um, utility, and it's an app where money is tied into it through Bitcoin, but you can send messages that are 100% decentralized encrypted, meaning no one can take it down. It exists everywhere, and you cannot take it down. It's not like Gab or Parler or some of these 
uh, right-wing social media platforms, they got taken down and then came back up and then they had to sue Amazon or whoever owned uh, the servers. It, this, this cannot be taken down. And I, I've, I've said it before, like I could really harm Justin Rezvi Wooden. He's one of my best friends. I could harm him in a way where he hated my guts and wanted me off his Zion. He could never take me off of it. He doesn't have access to my ability to use that. It can, and you might say, well, like, oh, shouldn't, shouldn't some things be censored? We shouldn't just allow people to say whatever they want, right? Well, guess what? People can say whatever they want. And maybe that's changing on, maybe that's been changing on social media and the current police state that we live in. But face to face, I can say whatever I want. Doesn't mean there aren't consequences for that. And doesn't mean there shouldn't be consequences for that. If we're not kind to one another, then there might be some consequences for that. Plain and simple. And if you look at the way we communicate with each other on, on social media, they're not in the, in the, they're not policing kindness. <laughs> they, the social dilemma points that out. They're per, they are purposely saying that that hack that they brought on uh, to to be the whistleblower, that fake ass whistleblower that came on from Facebook, at least admitted the truth in that they are purposely giving you things to make you riled up. Why is that? Well, as it turns out, those not so feel good chemicals we produce when we're angry and upset and enraged, they're highly addictive. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this, I think, in every one of his books, but. Um, Becoming Supernatural, his latest book is one of my all-time favorites, and he really dives into the fact that we can become addicted to being outraged. We can become addicted to fear. We can become addicted to, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Well, any negative emotion. Um, we can become addicted to that. And if we're not carefully self-reflecting either through meditation or plant medicines or yoga retreats or something where we press pause on life. And hopefully it's not, you know, you spend a week um, in, in sitting in quiet meditation and then you go back to your daily grind. You have to fit this in on a daily. And I'm gonna get into this when I dive into health. Um, incredibly important. So look, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you the dark up front as I have been. I'm gonna bridge the gap to the light and... Um, some of the ways that I see us coming out of this better than before. Um, some other books. So you know, don't use Google, plain and simple. And certainly not for your search engine. Oneness versus the 1%. It's only a five, it's a small book. It's like five hours on Audible. Um, drawing a blank on her name, but again, we'll link to this in the show notes, so don't worry about it. She was in Food, Inc. Uh, she's brilliant. She's a PhD. She has a PhD in quantum physics. And she's a regenerative agriculture person. Um, she's in a regenerative regenerative agriculture. She was on Russell Brand's podcast. Uh, she really dives into this from a nature versus the elite, and it's a beautiful expose. She could have gone deeper, and she knows this stuff. She could have gone deeper, but she kept it with that, and I'm fine with it. Doctor Joe Mercola is somebody that I've been following for a very long time. He was one of the first people to let me know that the original vaccines, the way they were before they altered DNA, maybe those weren't so good for us, alongside Dr. Thomas Cowan. There are books you can read that can verify what I'm saying. If you want a true history of medicine, read Dissolving Illusions by Dr. Susan Humphreys. Show notes. Uh, if you want something updated... That will tell you exactly what's happening with COVID-19, the transhumanist movement that is being pushed right now. 
through the merger, basically trying to create the Borg, as Mark England said, where they merge humanity with super intelligent AI and we're all computer chipped. All of this is, is in The Truth Behind COVID-19 by Dr. Joe Mercola. And most importantly, as I'll do in this podcast, or equally importantly, he doesn't just give you the, the cold hard facts. He also tells you this is how you actually get healthy. And he details that from a medicine standpoint, which medicines work like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, why they were shut down. And he dives into the, the supplements that you can take, the exercise that you can do, the type of diet that works best for metabolic flexibility. And I'll dive into this. Um, it's a fantastic book. Highly recommend it. Can't believe it's still out, but it is. If you want to understand, um, and, and, and I'll say this, I'm going to read a quote here. It's a fucking brilliant, brilliant one. Um, I'm going to read this quote kind of as an opener before I tell you this next book, because this next book is not for everyone. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Just like we say psychedelics aren't for everybody, some people can get absolutely fucked up. I've seen them. I've worked with them. I've, I've seen people come back from the Amazon worse than when they went there. And a hands-on experience with people like that is not fun. It's not fun for them. Their lives can be turned inside out and upside down, similar to my Dark Knight of the Soul. And most people don't have Paul Check on speed dial to dig them out of hell. So can, is, are psychedelics for everybody? No, especially if it's not with the right set and setting and the right practitioner. Is this book right for everybody? No. And here's the reason why. This is a quote from G.I. Gurdjieff from In Search of the Miraculous by P.D. Ospensky. Essence is the truth in man. Personality is the false. As personality grows, essence manifests itself more and more rarely and more and more feebly. And it very often happens that essence stops in its growth at a very early age and grows no further. It happens very often that the essence of a grown-up man even that of a very intellectually or intellectual and highly educated man stops on the level of a child of five or six. Culture creates personality. Culture creates personality, narrative. And it is at the same time the product and the result of personality. We do not realize that the whole of our life, all we call civilization, all we call science, philosophy, art, and politics, is created by people's personality. That is, by what is not their own in them. The element that is not his own differs from what is man's own by the fact that it can be lost, altered, or taken away by artificial means. Moreover, it happens fairly often that essence dies in a man while his personality and his body are still alive. A considerable percentage of the people we meet in the streets of a great town are people who are empty inside. That is, they are actually already dead. It is fortunate for us that we do not see and do not know it. This is what I'm talking about with this book I'm about to drop. It is fortunate for us that we do not see and do not know it. If we knew what a number of people are actually dead, and what a number of these dead people govern our lives, we should go mad with horror. Let that sink in for a second. And indeed, people often do go mad because they find out something of this nature without the proper preparation. That is, 
they see something they are not supposed to see. In order to see without danger, one must be on the way of sincere esoteric self-work towards awakening. Personality sees only what it likes to see and what does not interfere with its life. It never sees what it does not like. This is both good and bad at the same time. It is good if a man wants to sleep, bad if he wants to awaken. Again, that's G.I. Gurdjieff from In Search of the Miraculous by P.D. Ospensky. This is fucking spot on. So the book I'm about to tell you about is a book called Battle Hymn, H-Y-M-N. I've mentioned it before, and um, I don't think I gave it the due prerequisite, the due cautionary sign. If you were to combine uh, some of the greatest conspiracies from why Abraham Lincoln was shot to John F. K. to JFK to um, 9-11 to 2008 housing crash, all of these things are in there. And the detail at which they link piece by piece our recent history up until today, this was finished 10 years ago. Again, once you see it, you can't unsee it. If you're fairly stressed out in the world right now, odds are it's not a good time to read that book. If you are able to manage yourself intelligently and you can feel when you're off center, this is emotional awareness. This is um, a greater sense of being centered. You're like, why do you get centered? Why do they talk about this in meditation? Well, then you know when you're off. I know if I'm having a bad day, I need to tend my garden before I try to parent. Otherwise, it's going to come out on my kids. And it has. I'm not perfect. I must step aside. I must say, hey, pal, that's my wife's name, pal. <laughs> Tosh, pal, I need five minutes. I got to hit the ice bath. I got to do some deep breathing. I got to go for a walk. I got to do something to clear this <sighs> so I can reset myself and actually be myself and come in centered to be a parent. Come in centered to the office. Come in centered to the podcast. So I'm not crying, yelling, going all over the place. And yes, you're, you're feeling emotions in this podcast because we're talking about the fate of the world right now. And for those that realize it, like I said, you do not unlearn that. You do not go back to being asleep. If you wake up too quick, it's pretty fucking jarring. And, uh, and, I'll, and I'll get into this awakening, right? We're, we're talking about a lot of different things here. Some of it can get in kind of the woo-woo spiritual sense of the great awakening. Um, I like to keep it practical. Like, can you digest it? Will your left brain be able to process this rationally and say, oh, you know what? That makes sense to me. It's important that it hits both sides, right? You got to speak to both sides here. I'm not saying left and right politically. I'm saying left and right internally. Can the masculine side of me, the rational side of me grasp it? Okay, cool. Does the metaphysical, intuitive, emotional side of me grasp it? Okay, cool. It's important that we bridge those gaps for each other. So Battle Hymn's going to connect all the dots if you're ready. And that last quote uh, from Aspensky really drives it home. This, I'm not sure exactly who wrote this. So I'm about to give you a really dope quote. I don't know if she said this. Uh, it said, from my friend Victoria Reynolds. Makes sense to me. We're in the midst of a great awakening. This is the greatest awakening humanity has ever seen. It is a global movement upward in consciousness, and it is spreading. It is a collective ascension 
of the human mind, heart, body, and spirit. There are two kinds of awakening happening concurrently. One is a spiritual awakening, a heart awakening. That is, waking up to the knowing that there is more to our human experience than just being in physical form, and that there is more to the spiritual experience than just religion and its boxes of belief. It's a pretty fucking important piece right there. Very important piece right there. It is seeing the human experience through the eyes of love. The other is a mind awakening. It is becoming aware of the bigger game that is being played by greed. And it is seeing the inhumanity by those at the very top and their need for control by whatever means necessary. The Great Awakening is all about waking up from the deep sleep of fear and darkness. It is seeing how the minds and hearts of all living kind have unconsciously been living in fear disguised as love. It is waking up to the human mind and heart to new and better possibilities. Some people have experienced their spiritual awakening and are raising their levels of spiritual consciousness to higher vibrations of loving and out of a reality based in fear. Some people have become awake and aware of the greed and corruption controlling our planet and the human experience and breaking through the veil of deception. Some, a sliver of humanity, are both spiritually awake and mentally aware. Combining both is not an easy process and it takes time to wipe the sleep from our minds, eyes, and hearts. Spiritual awakening requires processing of st our stories and digging through our pain to heal our past. Mental awareness requires having an open mind and a willingness to see beyond the veil. Willingness. That's what I'm talking about here. You have to be willing to see it. Otherwise, you're just going to be like, ah, nah, that doesn't make sense. Or no, nah, the world's too dark. That was me, okay? Three months into this quarantine shit. I was like, no, nah, all right, you know, this doesn't make sense, but no, it's going to be fine. It ain't going to be fine. <laughs> Not until we do something about it. Once awake and the sleep mask removed, it's next to impossible to go back to sleep. The world is seen with entirely new eyes of understanding, and we begin to transcend the old world. With awakening to love and understanding, creating an entirely new world now becomes possible. In the book of Revelations, they talk about this. All will be known. All will be known. That's pretty, pretty guaranteed. We're in, we're in the, uh, the age of uh, technology, the age of information. We, we have all this stuff at our fingertips. We will know. We're going to know. We get to know. That's the beautiful part. I don't know how this shakes out. Uh, I've been reading the Gulag Archipelago, and um, that's a big three-volume series. And it's pretty apparent that being quiet and laying down is the absolute worst thing you could do. There are things that are worse than death. I want to be perfectly clear about that. There are things that are worse than death. Once you come to that understanding and you process your own mortality, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to know firmly how you will live. And you can process your own death through many different ways, but the transcendent experiences are the best, in my opinion. Deep breath work, holotropic breathing, the kind we do at Fit for Service, Anahata Shamanjalic breathing, that can get you there. It's a transcendent experience. It could be a mystical experience. It can be an out-of-body experience, but either way, you're going to dig up some shit. What lies beneath will rise to the surface. If you have stuff that you haven't paid attention to, it's quite likely you're going to look at it. 
if you have the willingness to. By looking at it, reframing it, and processing it, you can heal from it. Then you can move through. You can greater. You can open up your awareness to have a greater vision of what actually is happening in your life right now, as it pertains to you, your family, your your city, your culture, the world at large. Breathwork is one. It's free and available to everybody, but it takes work and willingness. It's not just eat the pill and sit back and enjoy the ride. That's not how breathwork works. Psychedelic experiences can do this. They're not going to turn you on to the deep state or allow you to have read all of the 30 years of David Icke's work. That's not what plant medicines do, and they certainly didn't do that for me. But they can allow you to come to a place where you're able to process and handle these things, where you can say, hmm, all right, yes, and. Okay, I, I can agree with the world the way that it is, and I can look for ways to make it better and not let it crush me. Uh, the traditional vision quest, four days with no food, no water. That's a psychedelic experience. You, that is a visionary experience for most people. That is a way to commune with nature, which we are not separate from. I've been saying this for, for many years on this podcast and before it. Anyone who comes to the depths of psychedelics, particularly with some of the earth-based medicines like ayahuasca, you have an inherent, an inherent understanding of the animism that Native Americans spoke of. Everything that is animating me is animating everything I can see, as above, so below. Whatever soul I have is in the rocks, it's in the trees. Doesn't mean we're not individuated, but we are all arms on the same tree of life. We're all branches and flowers from the same tree. Whatever's animating me is animating everything. And once you come to that understanding, that it will fundamentally change whatever garbage you were told as a kid about what God is and what God is not. And again, that's not going to cue you up for understanding all of this stuff, but it will put you in a place where you can have the space to heal and then sit from another space and say, okay, what now? What am I ready to receive right now? And some of you will be ready to receive the truth. Some of you are going to be ready to see this, as this quote talks about. Um, and the one prior, you do not want to, don't read Battle Him if you're not ready for it. And you'll know. Don't guess. Don't force yourself. Don't say, yeah, I'm going to read this one and, th and, and debunk it. You know, there's no way that they knew how Abraham and Lincoln died because of greenbacks and not because it's a, dude, if there's a willingness to learn, you'll have it. If there's no willingness to learn or if there's an honest assessment of where you're at, buy it, don't read it, table it, and then six months when you're ready, then crack it open. However you want to digest that. But this makes it a hell of a lot easier to see what's going on right now. Again, this book was written 10 years ago, and it really paints a picture of where we're at. Uh, it was grazed over in pandemic indoctrination because Mickey had to do a great job of making it 90 minutes and not leaving you with an eight-hour documentary covering everything. But as they get into the Rockefellers and... Um, particularly Operation Lockstep, which was a port, report written in 2010. And they wrote it as if it was past tense. It's probably a little word magic going on here. A lot of these guys are, uh, understand occult sciences. And occult doesn't mean cult, just means hidden. The hidden keys to the universe, the hidden uh, ways in which we manifest. So they wrote it as if it is already so. This is the same way Jesus taught us to pray. Speak it as if it is already so. This is the same way Czech teaches us to manifest and the same way Joe Dispenza does. Uh, Czech calls it the echo, the echo test. You don't stand at the Grand Canyon and say, I want to lose 20 pounds and feel great. 
Because what comes back to you? I want to lose 20 pounds and feel great. It's always out in front of you. You're always in a state of wanting, but never achieving. So before you've lost the weight, you claim it. I've lost 20 pounds and feel great. And that's what gets echoed back to you. And then you don't just wish it there. You fucking move towards it. You draw the thing towards you and you meet it halfway. You take steps towards that goal. And that's how you create here in the 3D. Nobody manifests anything in an ayahuasca journey. Sorry, that's not grounding it. That's all done in the astral. It's on a different plane of existence. It requires first the word, speaking it to an existence, which I'm doing right now, and, then, or, and or writing it, and then actually taking action steps. All of these things do. And that's not new information. It's just a reminder. Um, somebody brought up a great point in one of the signal groups that I'm in talking about this stuff. And they said that it... Uh, it is not 1984. It's not the Orwell. And I have a dope COVID 1984 shirt that I love. Uh, phenomenal shirt. It's not 1984. 1984 is by force, by guns. Um, there's a brilliant guy, Yuri something, uh, KG, KGB defector. I'll have my boy Jose throw up some of his videos, which are still available, who defected from uh, communist Russia and exposed how this is being implemented across the world. There's another guy uh, who I've mentioned in the past, an older man. God damn it, I'm drawing a blank on him right now. Um, he did the documentary Worse Than War, and it's filmed in 1969. We'll link to it. And he talked about how the two arms of communism were spreading. One was the traditional by force. The other was not by force. It was through the minds. It was through manipulation. It was through indoctrination. And that was going to be the way they were going to take over the United States and see to one world government of totalitarian control. 1969, he was warning this. He read straight from the manuals of the American Society of, for Communists. Communists in America. And really breaks down the game plan First through education, by getting some teachers at different universities and indoctrinating kids, by seeding kids at a very young age, and school is indoctrination. Critical race theory is indoctrination. 100%. It goes against everything Dr. Martin Luther King said. Everything. Okay? Um, some other good books. The Fourth Turning, I've talked about that with Ben Stewart on this podcast. He has an excellent podcast with Paul Check about it. The Fourth Turning speaks to the 80-year cycles. And every 20 years, we have a switch. So it goes from the first, the high, 20 years. Then we go to the awakening. This was the psychedelic 60s and early 70s. Then it goes to the unraveling. This was the 80s and 90s. Grunge rock came out. I mean, it shows up in culture. Grunge rock, gangster rap, all came out during the unraveling. And then the crisis period. They wrote this book, I think, uh, 97. And they said that come 2005, give or take three years, we will enter into the fourth turning, which will be the crisis period. Well, wow. Accurate to call the date. Within three years of 2005, 2008 happened. The documentary Inside Job with Matt Damon as the narrator is a phenomenal expose. And there are many of them out there that really talk about how this went down. This was not a mistake. 
This was not some greedy people messing up the game for everyone else. You know, like this was by design to sweep the wealth from the middle class up to the elite. And it's well proved. It's well proven. So um, 2008 kicks off the crisis period for us. It lasts 20 years. Do the math. 2028 is when it ends. Why is there a giant push to control the masses? Why is there a giant push to make a globalized open-air prison system dictated by a technocracy? And technocracy is not a new word. This was thrown around in the 30s, okay? This, is, this stuff started being developed decades ago. And uh, now we just have the technology to implement it. The full court press that we're feeling is because we lose the crisis period at 2028. Agenda 2030 is what's happening right now. All systems go. ID 2020 is what's happening right now. They want everyone with an RFID chip in them. We see this every time you fly. You can see that they've got facial recognition scans at all these places. They've also got um, uh, real ID will be required by TSA. What's a real ID? That's a microchipped passport or a microchipped uh, driver's license. I have them. There's no way around that. Am I going to allow that to go in my body? No, I will die before that goes into my body, period. But this is the push. When you understand what the end game looks like, it's pretty easy to see every little step they take towards it, right? JP Sears just had a great, great, great video on the next four mandates, one of which will be to come for our guns. Because like I said, this ain't Canada, the United States ain't Canada or Australia. And that's why these places are having this happen right now. Um, they're going to come after the guns. Well, how would you prove certain things like that? He said, well, we might have the CDC investigate the actual tolls that guns take. And jokingly and sarcastically says, oh, looks like we're already doing it. Yeah. The CDC is already putting out propaganda on how guns are hurting humanity. Guns are 100% necessary to prevent an oppressive government. It is why we have the Second Amendment. Point blank. Am I going to outshoot the military? No. And a great book is The Fifth Sacred Thing by Starhawk. It's a great book, and it foretells a future that is exactly what we're living right now. So highly recommend that one as well. I like it better than Brave New World and 1984. Starhawk's book the fifth sacred thing is absolutely phenomenal. So how do we know what this is? How do we know, how do I know confidently what they're, where they're trying to take this? No one's hiding anything. As JP points out, it's like they're playing cards with their hands face up. Okay, Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, which they dive deeply into in Battle Him. I'll give you a good example of what you'll find in Battle Him. If you're not ready for it, you can turn off the podcast. <laughs> One of the examples, it, it reminded me of pro wrestling. You know, I, I knew a lot of pro wrestlers um, got to make friends with the Iron Sheik. And, you know, for the most part, no one had real beef. Sheik had some real beefs with people. He still doesn't like Hulk Hogan to this day. But a lot of guys who would fight in the ring and get into an argument or whatever, you know, they're having a beer backstage. They're trying to sell the crowd. A heel is a bad guy, and uh, the hero, the baby face, is the good guy. Most of the time, they're fucking best friends. Some of the greatest rivalries in pro wrestling were between two best friends. How does that apply to politics? I'll tell you. 
Battle Hymn is probably one of the best books ever for deciphering who are in Bilderberg, who's in uh, the World Economic Forum, who's in the Council of Foreign Affairs, and what do these groups do in the world that actually causes policy change on an international level, basically stating that they are working towards the New World Order. The New World Order has been stated by many presidents. Bush Sr., is quoted for saying New World Order several times. He was in Skull and Bones at Yale. He was in the Council of Foreign Affairs. A lot of their people they run against in an election are also in the same groups. Think about that. You're in the same group. You got two people running against one another. I'm right wing, I'm left wing. And they're in the same damn group. They're in the same club, elite club. They don't give a shit who wins. They don't care who gets into office. The full court press is on. And, and when you get to that, you'll understand, oh, this is like pro wrestling. These guys don't dislike each other. And perhaps, I mean, see, look at all the photos with Trump and the Clintons. Perhaps they were pals. Perhaps they're still pals. Perhaps he was never going to incarcerate her or try to. Perhaps he didn't give a shit about that. All pomp and circumstance, all just a joke, all just a smoke and mirrors game. I don't know. Back to the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab. He's written a book. I have it. It's all about the Great Reset, which is their terminology. That's changed from the Fourth Industrial Revolution to the Great Reset. And they're using COVID-19 as the uh, the great reason why we're going to reset humanity. And, and they're grabbing real things that we actually need to do, like we need to heal the environment. So they take environmentalism and they skew it in a way where they can push their agenda. One of the things in the video that many of you have seen online going around where it's a really great advertisement for the shitty fucking world they want us to live in is you'll own nothing, you'll rent everything, and you'll be happy. Some paid actor smiling on the camera. All of the things you want will be delivered straight to your door by drones. Well, who are we renting from is the first question. Bill Gates? Is that who we're renting from? Bezos? What do you mean we'll own nothing? And this is really where, I'm going to take it a couple different ways. Um, They're also now saying, just like Event 201, Event 201, as pointed out in Plandemic Indoctrination, was a rehearsal that Bill Gates funded and included all the major players from Johnson and Johnson's to Johns Hopkins University to anybody that's been a part of this pandemic game and profited from it. They were all a part of the simulation. That happened months before the outbreak. What impeccable timing. Wow. One thing I'll say is, well, you know, on the fire department, we do rehearsals with hazmats and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe it's just coincidence. Like, no, 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 no. If these guys were actually prepping, they would, have, they would have started producing more masks. They would have already been working on different things that could have helped bridge that gap. They're not. They're not. And again, I'm going to go further into this. Um, so that's event 201. That happened. Pandemic happens. Wow. Okay. Is it planned? Hmm. I don't know. You decide. The cyber attack is now the event 201 of the World Economic Forum. They predict, there's a prediction, people, that there's going to be a massive cyber attack within the next 12 to 18 months. 
guess what's going to happen in the next 12 to 18 months? Spoiler alert, a massive cyber attack brought to you by the same fucking people who are telling you there's going to be a cyber attack. This is what's happening right now. Ice Age Farmer, a phenomenal follow on YouTube before his page gets taken down. Please check him out. He has a brilliant interview with Allison McDowell. Highly recommend that one. He's been talking about manufactured supply chain shortages. Jose, link to a bunch of this stuff, please. Just pick out some of your favorites. I know you've been watching all this with me. Um, Manufactured supply chain shortages. How is that happening? Well, everything comes on shipping containers. These giant boats coming from China with everything from steel to lumber to a lot of our uh, goods that we make, they're coming from China on giant shipping containers, and they're being held at the ports. So we have major ports like San Francisco, Long Beach, Miami, and they're not being allowed in. Why? Because of COVID-19 restrictions. This is an illness that you have a 998 to 99.9% chance of surviving. It is not the Spanish flu. It's not even fucking close to the Spanish flu. As Zach Bush put it, if somebody created this in a lab, which is being proven, they didn't do a good job of it. What they have done a good job of is hyping this, is the mass market through media. Nine companies control all of the media on the planet right now. Nine. In V for Vendetta, it was one. One final monopoly. There are nine right now. How hard do you think it is to coordinate what goes out on every news station? Every single radio station, every single tele, there's 1,500 cable TV shows? Nope, there's nine. There's nine in disguise as 1,500, okay? That's what it is. So when I tell you uh, these things with the manufactured supply chain issues, what does that mean to you? Well, it means like when I went to Ashley's Furniture Store to order a desk that's made in China, and I paid a couple grand for it to make my home office. I go home, um, two months goes by, and I, I call them. I'm like, dude, how come you guys haven't emailed me about this? They're like, oh, sorry, we have your shipping date. It's October of 2022. When? It's a year, one year to the date? One year to the date? How is that? Supply chain shortages. These are manufactured. This isn't out of nowhere. This is by design. Control currency control food supply, control the people. Super well documented. It's going to impact food. It already is. We're seeing food prices skyrocket right now, and it's being withheld mostly from cities. But guess what? I live in a city. Most of y'all live in a city. It's going to hit home real quick here. There's a reason I bought a 1,300-pound grass-fed, grass-finished steer at $3 a pound. Meat prices will triple within the next five to 10 years, period. You want a good stock, buy some meat, stick it in a chest freezer. Uh, that's another thing they say, by the way, in this um, Great Reset video from our buddy Klaus Schwab, they say, um, meat will be, uh, you'll eat less meat, it'll be more of a special treat, that kind of deal, right? Like, we're gonna eat less meat because that's gonna improve the environment. Again, piggybacking off environmentalism. Guess what? Meat is not only good for the environment, it is necessary for carbon sequestration. In the book, The Soil Will Save Us, which doesn't have a tinge of Great Reset talk like the documentary Kiss the Ground does, great documentary Kiss the Ground talks about eating less meat. It's absolute fucking nonsense. 
I'm not vegan and I'm not carnivore. I've done both. I've been vegan for three weeks. I've done carnivore for three weeks. I've done ketogenic diets for two, three years. All of those are forms of fasting. Most people on the planet right now, if you've never done a genetic test or never done any of Paul Check's uh, questionnaires and how to eat, move, and be healthy, which I will recommend here in a minute, if you've never done any of that and figured out what's right for you on an individual basis, odds are it's both. It's some variation of plants and some variation of meat. Some people do better with less animal fat, leaner meats like fish, chicken, uh, lean red meat, things like that, pork chops, whatever, pork loin. Some people do really well with super high fat animal fats. Um, And in particular, grass-fed, grass-finished ruminant animals, meaning they eat grass, not pigs or things that are higher up the food chain. That's a different type of fat. And I've had countless people on here from Rob Wolf to Mark Sisson to discuss that. Also Rob Wolf's book, The Sacred Cow with Diane Rogers and the documentary. Watch them, linked in the show notes. Cattle and anything on this planet are, that, that is a part of a natural ecosystem sequester carbon, and they do it better than anything. That's how they feed. Their shit feeds the fucking ground that grows our vegetables. And even if you're vegan, if you understand a natural food, food supply chain in its, in its natural ecosystem, if you understand biodynamic farming, you will come to know it with certainty that you 100% depend on animal poop, chicken poop. And not from eating corn and soybeans, from eating worms and bugs and foraging, from eating maggots out of cow shit. That's what they do. It sounds gross, but that's awesome. Uh, The documentary, The Biggest Little Farm, I think that's on Prime as well, is phenomenal. These guys create the Garden of Eden within seven years. And you get to see full chain how all of these animals and plants work together in a harmonized ecosystem. It is the Garden of Eden, truly. Um. And I also want to give a shout out to my buddy, Ben Stewart's Waking Infinity News. If you want clean, real news that will tell you how it is, and also not judge, but just say this is, this is what it is. This is how we work with it. This is what we do. Uh, Waking Infinity News, you can sign up for their newsletter. Ben Stewart has been on the show. He's, he's a fucking soul brother, inside and out, highly switched on. His documentaries uh, and shows on Gaia are phenomenal. Um, and he's definitely a guy I'm going to keep running back. So this fourth turning, this, uh, this crisis that we're in, this goes until 2028. I don't think that the powers that be have a giant push to fit all this into the crisis period so we can start a new high. I don't think that's the case. I think cryptocurrency has the ability to end nation states. And there's an article that I'll link to. Hopefully it's not taken down. I've had so many things that I wanted to link to for you guys that all these videos are gone. So uh, the censorship is, if it's a good video, it's likely going to get taken down. So if you want to dive into this stuff, buy the books, read them later, uh, download documentaries, things like that, or go, to, it's best if it's from an actual website, you know, like, like uh, Thrive On. You can watch Thrive anywhere. It might even be free on YouTube. Um, that's all available. So let's, let's dive a little deeper into into some of the light. This has been an hour and 23 minutes. And uh, we haven't gotten into much light. (laughs) I knew this one was going to be a long one, but uh, I had really no idea. Um, So, again, from a health and wellness standpoint, first and foremost, we have two things. 
and I'll, and I'll try to speak to both minds. To the emotional, intuitive, spiritual mind. Are we made in the image and likeness of God or not? I know where I stand with that. I've experienced it firsthand. I've seen no separation. I've felt it. I know it. It is known. It is not. There is no thought required. It's no longer a belief. It is understood and it is known through every cell of my body. I am made in the image and likeness of God. I am nature with a capital N. Not separate from it. Not above it. Not at odds with it. Life takes life on this planet. It's one of the ways we opt in. Rudolf Steiner said this is one of the first ways we use our will with the external world is when we go out and eat something. We take its life to keep ours going. Vegans do the same thing. And many vegans have had ayahuasca and can't connect the dots that if that <laughs> ayahuasca has spirit, so does the wheatgrass they're drinking and everything else. You are taking the life of another to sustain yourself. It's the buy-in. It's the ante for what it takes to say, I want to live on this planet in this realm. And what we put in our bodies matters. Absolutely matters. It's one of the most fundamental pieces of health. If it fits your macros is complete fucking nonsense. And yes, you can look thin, but you can be metabolically inflexible as well. You could be razor sharp, cut, juiced out, and still have some shitty stuff going on inside. That's pretty well documented. Mark Sisson was. He talks about that openly. Rob Wolf was. Um, doesn't mean you're healthy inside and out. What you put in your body matters. Paul Check, who I've talked about countless times on this podcast and had more than anyone else on this podcast, in his short ebook, the last four doctors you'll ever need, you learn about these four doctors, one of which is Dr. Diet. The difference between conventionally grown, factory-farmed meat and pesticide-ridden, genetically modified food and organic food is night and day. The difference between organic food and biodynamically farmed food that's local is also night and day. Uh, you'd be, we really would be surprised to know what's legally allowed to be sprayed on organic crops. They've just developed some new organic chemical spray. They can spray on bananas and um, avocados so they don't overripen. They can stay in stores for months. Understand that. doesn't matter if it's organic or not. If it preserves something, if nature will not eat it, how do you think your body's going to process that? That's organic. Okay, so it's like, well, what do I do then? Farmer's markets. Find out who's doing regenerative agriculture. Find out who's doing biodynamic farming. And as Joel Salatine said on Joe Rogan's the last time he was on, we're going to come to a point where one in 10 people are going to need to farm. And you're going to find out very quickly here when stores close and, and food prices skyrocket, how important it is that you know how to grow your own food. And if you don't, that's okay but you better well know your farmers on a first-name basis. You better well know the local people who do produce the highest quality foods and build a relationship with them. Say, hey, man, if shit hits the fan and they stop these farmer's markets, if farmer's markets are outlawed, can I go direct to you? Yes? Awesome. Here's my number. Cool. 
get in tight with the people that make that their passion and their full-time job. And if you have the bandwidth, participate in that. There are community events all the time at different farms where you can actually go and get your hands on the soil. You can sometimes pick your own fruits and vegetables. And maybe that's less common right now because of the time of year and depending which part of the world you're in. But these are ways we reconnect to the earth. This is a way we reconnect to nature and this is a way we enhance our relationship with food. Many people think when hunters talk about their relationship with meat, their relationship with the animal, that that's all hocus pocus. It isn't. It is 100% true. When you take the life of your own animal who's lived a free life, likely never seen a human in their lives, and you do it quickly and rightly, and you humanely butcher that animal, yourself, that's a different connection. There's a different level there. And when you feed that to your family, you're gifting them the highest level of food possible. It start, it's, it's pretty much, it's time for us to start learning how to grow our own food and learning how to hunt and learning how to be self-sufficient again. And there's a thousand ways to do this. A thousand ways, but food, Dr. Diet, one of the most important when it comes to health specifically, Dr. Diet. The other doctor is Dr. Quiet. This is your sleep. This is your meditation practice. This is your quiet mind practice. It's mindfulness. It's breath work. It's doing anything to still within and slow down. This is parasympathetic. And you can't go, as Greg Schmaus said, from summer to winter and winter to summer. Winter being sleep, summer being work. You have to have four seasons in a day. It's a daily schedule. Spring is your morning routine. Fall is your evening wind-down routine. And it happens between summer and winter, winter and summer. If you wake up, roll out of bed, pound a coffee and go straight to work, or worse, throw on the news, then go straight to work, you don't have an effective springtime. You're not warming up the body. You're not getting into your body. You're not getting into self. And you're not creating space for the processing power that's required to listen to a podcast like this and handle it. You have to have springtime. My springtime is like this. I get up at 5 a.m. I do an hour of sauna and ice bath and stretching. Kelly, Kelly Sturette, Dr. Kelly Sturette's mobility wad exercises. I do the shoulders uh, with a band. I do the, the super couch stretch for the hip flexors, psoas, and the anterior chain because we sit too much, plain and simple. Those are my bread and butter. They're the most important things for me to do. And if I do that, my neck feels better. My jaw feels better. I have less headaches. I'm less irritable. I sit better. I squat better. I run better. I lift better. All those things are possible because I have this for my springtime. Before my kids get up, then I make breakfast. I go for a walk and then I go to work and have summer. When I get home, it's play. There's no more cell phone. There's no more work. There's no more answering calls. I'm in play. That's a part of my fall. I bridge the gap, man. I've been working. I got to move. I got to get outside. Sometimes I go with Bear to Barton Springs. We'll stand up paddleboard. We might hit a workout together, some type of easy movement thing where it's all body weight and we're moving around and getting our energy out. He's got way more energy than I do. And then we wind down. We have dinner. I lay on uh, my higher dose mat, pulsed electromagnetic frequency with Bear while we read boxcar children or the hardy boys and we slow it down further then when he goes to bed i might read a little bit more of my own stuff and then i'm out that's a daily routine that includes all four cycles of the seasons and it's mindful of dr movement dr diet and dr quiet dr happiness what is your vision this is more important than fucking anything right now 
most of us who are awakening, awakening right now are realizing the shit job you've been working in for however long or going from shit job to shit job thinking like, well, if I just climb this corporate ladder, then I'll get a nice pension and everything will work out. And then, No, look, I've done that. My first job was at Burger King for two years. When I was 14 years old, I started working at Burger King. I made $4.25 an hour. That was minimum wage in California. I watched minimum wage go up to $5.15, $5.75, before I got out of that job. I loved it. I ate the shitty food. Didn't know anything was wrong with it. I was trying to gain weight for football. I met some interesting people there, and I learned the value of a dollar. And that minimum wage was higher than anywhere else in the country. It was fucking $4 an hour. It was shit money. And it was great for me as a 14-year-old kid. But I didn't stop there. I didn't say like, oh, I'm going to be like the GM who's 50 years old. If I just stay in Burger King long enough, I'll grow and climb the corporate. Fuck that. There's, that's not vocation. There's no soul in that. Okay? And this is not to put down people who have shitty jobs. I've had many shitty jobs. I was a short order cook at Brunswick Bowling Alley. Next. Okay? I had old people on Sundays saying, these aren't over easy. I want over easy. These are over medium. They'd fucking freak out. And I'd always get their eggs wrong. Okay? Not a super shitty job, but not the best job. I built carts when my father worked. He started a company called Silicon Valley Shelving right when the tech boom happened in the Silicon Valley. And he did static control shelving. So people that had uh, semiconductors and different computer processors and things like that that had to have static controlled shelving, they went through SVS, Silicon Valley Shelving. I would build those. I would get paid per project. This is the first time I made big money. Paid per project meant however fast I finished it meant my hourly went up. Like, oh, that's easy math. What does that mean? Well, sometimes I'd work a job and crush it with him. And I'd make two grand working 10 hours, busting my ass. That's $200 an hour. That was a hell of a lot better than Burger King. Way better. And it was hard work. It wasn't like I was sitting there just, you know, like it, you had to do it right. If you didn't do it right, you'd go back out to the job site and get it, get it done right. There's no failing in that. It had to be perfect. And I learned how to do that when I was 17. My sister did it with me uh, as, as a year younger. And it was good money and it was great. And it fucking, again, taught me the value of like, oh, this is where I can spend my money now. My sister was always better at saving money than I was. But all this on jobs, Dr. Happiness. Paul Check taught this to me about the prostitute archetype. We all, Caroline Mace says, we all experience the prostitute archetype. It's one of the four given archetypes that we all share as a human. The prostitute, and any archetype has a shadow and a light side to it. The the shadow side of the prostitute archetype is, I'm going to work this job, which I hate, for the money that I need to survive, and I will not look elsewhere. It's decent enough money. It's not what I love. I really dread going to it, but it's what pays the bills and keeps me happy, and I just get shit-faced on the weekends. That's a lot of people right now. That's a lot of people when I was a kid. That was me when I was a kid when I was in my early 20s. That's no way to live. It's unsustainable. So how do we switch over to the light side? The light side of the prostitute archetype is where we recognize how we're prostituting ourselves and we say, oh, all right, I'm going to use this job, but I'm going to save a little bit each month and I'm going to actually buy a course that teaches me how to do the thing that I love or it teaches me how to become who I want to become. And by doing that, it offers you a doorway out 
a doorway from a meaningless job into a job that matters, into your vocation. And there is a lot of room for vocation. There's a lot of room in the world for things that matter and make a difference. How do you become fit for service? You do the inner work. You fill your cup each day. You live by the four doctors. You, you have four seasons in every 24-hour cycle. You pay attention to these things so that no matter what you show up to, you're the best possible version of yourself. You're the healthiest version of yourself, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And when you do that, your capacity to learn grows up. Your capacity to love goes up. Your capacity to have compassion for another who disagrees with you wholeheartedly goes up. And you say, ah, okay. Tatuamasi, I'm that too. There's an element of me that I'm experiencing as I witness that through you. Live these four doctors. You can get them all. Check second volume of How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy is super, it was the Bible of health as far as I'm concerned. It's super important. It's more important than ever right now. There are many questionnaires within that that you fill out and you will decide what is the most important thing for you to focus on health-wise right now. It might be a fungal, a candida, fungal infection. It might be um, your work stress is too high. It might be a number of things. It's all in there. The zone exercises are chakra-based exercises on how to do Tai Chi specific to different parts of the body, to unlock your hips, to unlock your mind, to balance the body. And when we're from our quiet center, not only does our awareness increase, but our capacity to love increases, our capacity to be ourself, the real self, our essence, not the personality self, increases. This is what we're working towards right now. The Great Awakening is not just tuning in to Alex Jones and saying that the Luciferic, Satanic, blah, blah, blahs are going to suck the life out of your children and do X, Y, and Z. That may or may not be true, but it's not helping you to live better. You have to learn how to live better. We all have to learn how to live better. And in that, we create harmony within ourselves, within our family unit, within our work environment, and within our communities. We have to harmonize right now with nature herself and with each other. And that starts with within. All the work starts with it within. Be the change you wish to see in the world. How do you do that? Fix yourself. Write yourself. As the Toltec master Don Miguel Ruiz says, fix yourself. Right? Do that first. And you're already a leg up. All right, some more stuff on health. Ivermectin does work. There's, I mean, there's just no, there's no two ways about it. How it's been debunked as some kind of, uh, oh, that's horse medicine and, and it's a veterinarian product. Look, the guy who invented it, the Japanese doctor, won the fucking Nobel Prize for it, okay? It works, plain and simple. It works prophylactically, meaning you can take it in advance at a small dose once a week. It works. There's no two ways about it. It helps just like hydroxychloroquine by taking zinc and pulling it into the cells. That's one of many ways that it works. And it works as well as an antiparasitic. A lot of people have parasites. It's going to make you healthier overall. Now, I'm not a fan of taking prescription medication year-round uh, as a preventative. That's not to, Health is an inside job. And our innate immune system, when we are healthy, is robust. 
It is designed to be in harmony with nature. Nature is not trying to kill you at every turn. If you weaken yourself from chronic stress, chronic fatigue, chronic fucking screen time, you will be susceptible to dis-ease. This is all outlined in How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy. One of the things they talk that, that I think is just comical that many people have brought up um, is if the government gave a shit about us, we'd have mandatory vitamin D3 shots. At a certain level, even with comorbidities, comor- comorbidities, comorbidities, like abilities, even with comorbidities, when you reach a certain threshold of D3 within the blood, your mortality goes to zero. That means you can't die from any pandemic. So D3, pretty damn important. Vitamin D3, um, I love Symbiotica products. They're my favorite. Uh, we've had Shervine on the, on the podcast. They are all liposomal, which means you're going to get the most bioavailability from that. They're encapsulated in fat, so it gets through the stomach acid and into the bloodstream, and you have the best results from that. They have a liposomal vitamin C. Vitamin C works as well. This is explained in The Truth Behind COVID-19 by Dr. Joe Mercola, and you'll understand why antioxidants work. Um, D3K2, CoQ10 is one of the products at Symbiotica that I think is an absolute must-have. Zinc, elderberry, and copper is another must-have from Symbiotica and their liposomal vitamin C. Between those three things, and if you do the rest, which is your compliance to the responsibility that you are in charge of your health and no one else is, when you accept responsibility for your own health and stop blaming others for what shot they have had or not had, has nothing to do with other people. It has to do with you. When you own that and you follow the four doctors, you got three supplements right now that will bulletproof you against any chance of dying from these, from these viruses, plain and simple. And if you dive further uh, into Dr. Thomas Callan's work, the contagion myth, you, you might be able to turn the virus game upside down on its head. And I, I don't know where I stand on that yet, but the point is health is an inside job. And the more you take that responsibility, the easier it becomes to not live in a fear of some evil bug that's out there, the boogeyman, the invisible, the invisible terror, right? You create a war on drugs that's unwinnable. You create a war on terror that's unwinnable. You create a war on some invisible bug uh, uh, virus guy. Like, it's unwinnable. What is the war? These, they never pan out. All that pans out is now we got TSA. Now we got the NSA looking at everything we do. Now we have all kinds of privacy invasion that we never had before thanks to the war on terror, thanks to the, to the war on bugs, thanks to the war on whatever. All these things get implemented. Any decent doctor can give you ivermectin, but if you're still seeing some quack at a hospital, it's time to find a functional medicine doctor. Plain and simple. One of these quotes that I wanted to read, I got a couple other quotes that I think are really important. Hmm. Einstein said, unthinking respect for authority is the greatest enemy of the truth. Unthinking respect for authority is the greatest enemy of the truth. Ask yourself if you're blindly following a narrative right now. 
And if you are, that's okay. If your friends and family are, that's okay. Remember, let go of the need to convince them. Let go of the need to be right. Ask these questions of yourself. Mahatma Gandhi said, an error does not become truth by reason of multiplied propagation, nor does truth become error because nobody sees it. One more time. An error does not become truth by reason of multiplied propagation, nor does truth become error because nobody sees it. Johnny knew what's up. All right, and this is the last one I'll leave you guys with. It's one of my favorites by Aldous Huxley. And curiously, you'll find this out in Battle Hymn if you got the cojones and the bandwidth for it. Um, Aldous Huxley's father and brother were a part of the eugenics movement. A lot of this has to do with eugenics. How do we design the perfect human and, and weed out the less perfect? This is racism on steroids, okay? This is what eugenics is. Um, Huxley did psychedelics and came clean on that. He developed a relationship with spirit, God, whatever you want to call that source, and he decided to write a different narrative. He became the great master that he became but he also knew most of the people on this planet don't know where they're trying to drive us towards. That's why he wrote Brave New World, which was a mockery of the savages, which is an amalgamation of Christianity and uh, Native American wisdom, and a mockery of what the world becomes, where they have one awesome drug that has no side effects. It's all you take. Uh, everyone is indoctrinated from the, from the test tube that they're born in. No one has parents. There's no family system. Sex is free and available for all, and kids are encouraged to do it. All of the things that he outlines in Brave New World, how is it they're so accurate? How is that? Well, this guy knew. He had two family. He was a part of it and likely would have continued on with it pushing towards that had he not experienced the medicines that he did. One of the things he said on his deathbed, supposedly his last words were, above all, be kind. Above all, be kind. And uh, further, kindness is love in action. It opens the hearts of all those witnessing. Kindness is love in action. It opens the hearts of all those witnessing. That's scientifically proven as well. They've done some cool studies on that. Wearing the science stickers. <laughs> um, yeah, and science, science is our religion. It really is. Even if you have a spiritual, um, a spiritual understanding or a spiritual indoctrination, whatever that is, uh, religious upbringing doesn't. At the end of the day, the one, the one religion we all agree on is science. And it's become that. There is no separation from church and state. There is no separation from church, science, and state. They're completely intertwined. And when science gets bought and paid for by big pharmaceutical companies, this is where we're at. All right. Uh, I will recommend, I'll make some further recommendations. If you really want to take a deep dive into your health, uh, checks holistic lifestyle coaching level one is available online. I believe the discount code is KKP. Uh, that goes straight to you guys. I'm not getting checks from them for that. If there is no discount, just write in there, hey, Kyle Kingsbury sent you. Um, that's for HLC level one. Holistic lifestyle coaching. I took this in 2012 while I was still fighting the UFC. Not because I gave a shit about coaching people, even though I do that now. I wanted to know it for myself. So I took the deep dive. Angie Check, uh, 
one of Paul's wives was my teacher and she was phenomenal. I learned so much, so much more about true health and wellness and truly how to connect to myself and truly what mattered. And I cannot recommend that course enough. If you've read How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy and you love it and you want more and you listen to all my episodes with Paul and you listen to Living 4D with Paul, take HLC Level 1. It's significantly cheaper than the other courses because it's made available online. You will learn a ton in that. You'll learn what health really is. And you'll know unequivocally how to tend your own garden. And once you step into harmony with yourself, and this is true whether you take HLC1 or not, but once you step into harmony with yourself, you're better able to come into resonance with those around you. You're better able to lift those around you. You're better, better able to lift your small pocket. Wherever it is that you go, your vibration is higher. That's the seed, the string of seeds that you plant as you walk along through life. So, of all the importance in the world right now, of all the things you could focus on, focusing on improving your quality of life through your health and your happiness by managing the four doctors and the four seasons, by filling your cup first, by becoming fit for service, whether you join fit for service or not, but that's why we gave it that title. It actually matters. We need people to be fit for service. There are a lot of... uh, snake oil salesmen in the game, just like back in the day when they actually sold snake oil. And there's a lot of fake-ass coaches, who some of which are teaching other people how to become fake-ass coaches like themselves. That's the truth. They're not giving them substance. They're just teaching them marketing. I know quite a few of them. Quite a few of them have moved to Austin recently. And um, the truth is the world does not need more coaches without substance. The world doesn't even need coaches. The world needs people to lift themselves. The world needs people to step in a place of self-love where they no longer need validation from another. They no longer need to be right in conversation. They have such a deep connection with themselves, with earth, with nature, and with God that they recognize whatever trajectory we're on is going to pan out because we are here for infinity. And there may be different levels of the game. There likely is infinite expression, infinite possibilities, infinite probabilities. As Ramdas said, we are likely sitting around this fire telling stories for eternity. So what story are we telling? What story do we give to our grandkids? What is the world that we leave behind for them? Do we succumb to some fake idea of safety and give up everything? All of our freedoms, all of our sovereignty, all of our health choices for the illusion of safety. These are the questions we got to ask ourselves. All right, y'all. That's a whopper, especially if you listen to Dane Wigington. Um, Dane didn't leave a whole lot of light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm confident as we elevate the game and elevate our own consciousness that all things are sorted. Humanity is unbelievably brilliant because we get to learn. We get to stand on the shoulders of giants and the accumulation of knowledge, if practiced appropriately, when we can agree on the truth. I'll give you an example. Are cows hurting the environment or not? If you don't know that, read the books that I listed. Sacred Cow, watch the documentary, The Soil Will Save Us. Once we come to a firm understanding of that, how necessary ruminant animals are for the soil and for carbon sequestration, 
then we can act on that. We can utilize them in best practices. We can take them out of factory farms and we can start regenerating the soil, which regenerates the food, which regenerates our bodies, which sequesters the carbon and prevents whatever environmental catastrophe they're planning next. There are inherent truths in all of this. And the point is that the greater, aware, the greater awareness we have, the greater we can come to agree upon those greater truths. And in that, solutions are already there. And the best part is nature responds quickly. The nature in you, the inner earth in you responds quickly. When I had the folks at NutriSense on, if you're overweight, I highly recommend NutriSense or level, uh, Levels. They're uh, CGM companies. This is not, they're not sponsors. I absolutely love them. I think you can learn a lot about your own carbohydrate sensitivity. Remember, everyone is different. Everyone is different. And um, one of the things they said is metabolic flexibility or inflexibility is one of the number one determining factors on morbidity with COVID-19. How well do you tolerate carbohydrate? Do you have elevated blood glucose levels? Are you pre-diabetic? Diabetics are getting hit hard, harder by this than most people, Okay. Can you control that? Yes, absolutely. Dr. Diet, what you put in your body matters. And you can find out what's right for you and what's wrong for you with something like a continuous glucose monitor. They said with two weeks of being mindful of what you eat and eating correctly for your body, which is different from everyone else's, you can increase metabolic flexibility. You can become metabolically more healthy, even if you haven't lost the weight yet. Even if you're still overweight, internally, you can become healthier and have a stronger immune system when you pay attention to blood sugar management and things that are controllable on your end with Dr. Diet. That's a very important one. That responds in two weeks. Very quick. The soil itself, they used to think it would take uh, 10 years to add 1% of organic material to the biomass through regenerative agriculture. In three years at Rome Ranch, my buddies that do a Force of Nature products, I was out there chatting with Taylor, been out a few times. We did a bison harvest with them. In three years, they've increased from 0.5% organic material in their, in their topsoil to 25 to 4.5% across their 1,500 acres in three years. So 10 times faster was the average. When you put into nature, nature responds and puts back into you. Our ability to shift this thing and write the course is right here, right now. If we awaken to the truth and we can start to invest in each other, invest in ourselves, invest in each other, and invest in the world that we want to live in, we'll know what we don't want to live in. We'll know what we won't stand for. We'll know where the line is drawn in the sand and we won't stand for it. And those of us still with the power to defend ourselves we'll be able to hold that line for humanity. Um, I'm going to have a lot of questions from this, no doubt. You can DM us on Instagram at living with the Kingsburys. Uh, do it in the DMs. All that shit's being tracked and traced and all that. We're already shadow banned on Instagram. Um, there will come a time and a place where I'm not on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or any of the mainstream channels, not by choice, by the, the <laughs> selection committee finally pulling, pulling the plug. As I mentioned, Zion is slowly accepting people onto their platform. You can apply to the waiting list for Zion. It is an app that is 
built on blockchain on the Lightning Network. If you want more information, listen to my podcast with Justin Resvani. He's going to come back on the show here shortly, as well as Mickey Willis in separate interviews. Um, Zion is the future. It is a way to listen to podcasts, watch videos. JP Sears is a giant community that's phenomenal there. Um, it's a way to talk directly or in chats. Uh, they're constantly, I mean, this thing just launched. It's in its brand new infancy. And there are a lot of kinks that they're getting through right now, which is why they haven't opened it up officially um, to the public yet. But if you get on the waiting list, that's where you'll find me. My community is Kyle Kingsbury. So you just search in the community page, Kyle Kingsbury. It'll pop up. You select to join group and you're automatically joined. Um, and if you really want to know, you know, the, the full Monty of what's happening in the world, that's where I speak wholeheartedly, openly, and do not uh, have to censor myself because I'm not worried about being policed there. It can never be taken down. You have to understand the power of that in times like this. It is also a way to tip each other and pay each other directly with no middleman. There is no middleman there with Bitcoin. So... That's one positive future. And I talked about this with Justin Resvani on the podcast. I know I'm going to leave here in a few minutes. Um, I don't want to keep dragging this on, but what are the ways in which we rebuild the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible? Charles Eisenstein, author of that book, is coming on the podcast soon. What are the ways? First, we got to see what's broken. Education, broken. Kids going to school with masks and a fucking temperature check each day not seeing facial expressions when body language is one of the most critical ways we communicate, being taught critical race theory, which is utter fucking nonsense, being told that they can decide which gender they are at six years old, eight years old, 10 years old, utter nonsense. Read The Madness of Crowds by Douglas Murray. Education is fucked. We got to fix it. Finance is fucked. It's being fixed. There are things in the work. And so is education for, uh, for the most part. More and more people are homeschooling now. More and more people are allowing their kids. Uh, uh, Dr. Thomas Cowan mentioned the book De-Schooling Society. And in our podcast, he spoke a great deal about what are some of the alternative methods to teaching our children are. And a lot of it comes down to waiting for them to want to learn the material. This is what Steiner was great at when he developed Waldorf. Anything they wanted to learn, they were allowed to excel in. Anything they didn't want to learn, they just gave them the minimum of. That is a teaching style that's very important. So there's education. We've got, again, we could point out what's broken. The wheels are already spinning with solutions. So I want to be very clear on that. Finance. The dollar, the value of the dollar is, is, is a joke. I remember before, before there, were, there were memes or graphs, not memes, but, well, I guess if you text over it, that's a meme. Displaying the value of the dollar uh, since the inception of the Federal Reserve. This is pre-COVID era. Then since the trillion-dollar printing press, uh, you, whatever, whatever graph showed that, we would need a second graph right next to it to show how far the dollars dropped. It's, it's going to be gone soon. And it's quite likely they're tanking it on purpose because they want a um, government-based one-world bank cryptocurrency that everyone signed up to and, and hooked up to from the computer system um and again i'm not making this shit up this is just from the documentaries agenda 2030 we'll link to that in the show notes i'll link to that in my interview with paul check there may be some things you don't like you might not like his tone but again watch agenda 2030 if you want to know what time it is if you don't don't 
If you made it two hours through this podcast, you likely do. Take the time to watch the documentary, Agenda 2030. And um, finance also has some key points. Crypto could be a way back uh, as, as um, to a more fair and equitable system that can't be fucked with. The beauty of the gold standard was that you couldn't more or less just print gold. Well, cryptocurrency is a finite resource, even though it's make-believe. All money's make-believe. It's a symbol. It's a symbol that we agree upon to use for wealth. It's not real wealth. Real wealth is the transfer of goods or services, right? That's barter, okay? That's how most people got on in the past. We may go back to barter, or we may have to go to barter if we decide to live off-grid outside of technocratic smart grid cities, which a lot of people are doing. A lot of people are moving into communities right now and reconnecting with the land and finding ways to help and be available and living much more comfortably and cheaply than they would have otherwise, but they're getting out of debt. They're returning to the land. Food supply is fucked, plain and simple. I'm not even getting to how we produce it. I'm saying the supply chains are, are laughable, okay? You have to buy local, not because it supports local and it's the right thing to do. You got to buy local because you, you may not be able to get anything that's not local soon. That's a big one. Industrial agriculture is killing the earth, and it's worse than carbon emissions. I'll say that again. Industrial agriculture is doing more wrong for the earth than carbon emissions are. CO2 feeds plants. That's not to say there are not other emissions that are bad from burning fossil fuels. Clearly, they are. But the earth has gone up and down four times we've experienced global warming followed by global cooling, better known as an ice age, four times in the last 400,000 years. This is in uh, the very first episode of Missing Links with Greg Braden. He actually shows the ice cores and the scientists that discovered this. Four times we've had global warmings followed by global coolings. Interestingly, CO2 rose in the global cooling or the ice age, not prior to it, which if you can connect the dots means the ice age that comes will be far worse than any ice age we've experienced. Take a cold bath. That's a joke. Um, back to food. Know your farmers. Start to learn. Biodynamic farming is, is uh, it's a college-level course in and of itself. Okay, I'm, I'm just now getting into that. Many of you heard the podcast I did with uh, Jared Picard. And... Um, it's a, it's a super, actually, did that one release? I don't remember doing that one. I, made, I may have had that one in the tank. Jared Picard, I knew I made a recording. All right, well, this is good. Me not thinking I had that in the tank is why I finally did this solo cast. Funny how things work out. You're gonna get to hear from Jared Picard. Uh, Jared Picard has Be Here Farm. It's a 300-acre biodynamic farm in Shasta. And... He, we talk biodynamics the whole time with the study of Steiner. Well, the next time I have Shervin on, we're going to dive into biodynamics again. You're going to keep hearing about this because it is in a very important way as we connect the as above, so below, as we work with nature to heal nature. No one's coming along to save the day for us. There's no awesome government dude who's going to step into power and make things right. It is up to us to become Renaissance men, Renaissance women. What does that mean? That means we are a jack of all trades. Doesn't mean we can't be aces in any of it. It just means we need to have equivalency in many things. Education, finance, real history, not the shit you learn in schools. How to grow your own food 
and the levels of the game, like I said, the difference between organic and conventional is the difference between biodynamic and organic. There are levels to the game and levels of healing that we can give to the earth when we don't grow uh, monocrop and we don't grow industrial style, even if we're doing organic. It's not the same as, as growing the way nature intended. We can learn how to do that. We can ask our farmers to learn how to do that. We can educate ourselves. The people that know this stuff want to share it. They understand the importance of it, okay? As Ice Age Farmer said, we must become producers, meaning we must produce more than we consume. There was an article um, on Medium, Ladies Ayahuasca Vision, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. (laughs) I say that jokingly because I'm always talking about my trip reports and most people uh, can't stand trip reports even if you've done psychedelics. But I was like, oh, okay, I'll read this. She talked about how humanity has been in the um, caterpillar stage where you consume everything. You destroy the garden. And when you go into the chrysalis of the cocoon, not everyone comes out a butterfly. Some people die in the chrysalis of the cocoon. But those that come out become pollinators meaning they give back, they do for nature to balance out the carnage and the amount of eating and destroying and consuming that a caterpillar does. Now, if many of you have read Lizards Eat Butterflies by my buddy, Dr. David E. Martin, the butterfly analogy is kind of funny, Um, but the point is true. We have been consuming ravenously on this planet, all of us, myself included, and not living in right relation with the earth. So figuring out ways, just sitting with that question, how can I come into right relation with my food? How can I come into right relation with my body? How can I come into right relation with any aspect of self? With my garden, we have a tiny ass backyard and we're growing all sorts of stuff behind it because I just want the relationship with the plants. I'm not gonna feed my whole family from the banana trees. They might not even, we might sell that house before the banana trees even fruit. They're beautiful. I love having a relationship with the garden, the tiny garden we have in the backyard. It connects me. It creates an eco-field, as Dr. Woltego said, however small, that ripples out into the all of consciousness. And you are a node of consciousness, that node individualized of God. That is you. It is either rippling out fear and anger and being scared, or it's rippling out love and joy, and bliss, and compassion, and laughter. You get to decide. In the face of everything, you get to decide who you are and how you want to live in this world. I love you guys. Hit me up on Zion. Hit me up on the gram through DM only. And uh, check all this out. I'm out. <laughs>